I don't know. I was thinking about like how many freaking memes came from that show. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It just and just not only the memes, but the iconic jokes. There, I feel like in our generation, it. I don't know why it was so relatable. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every single person I know has seen SpongeBob, aside from a few like outliers. But everyone knows the SpongeBob quote from somewhere. Like they're the most memorable quotes of any show. Like I, to this day, I can drop a random SpongeBob quote in mid conversation and have no remorse on it. It's just an, a, like an instant reflex. Yeah, and I think uh, something about the show that, for me, like, really gave it a lot of, I guess, like, joie de vivre or something was, like, this, uh, was, like, Spongebob is so, just, like, as a character, he's just so optimistic, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, happy and just, and that's just kind of, like, and he's also, like, an adult sponge. Like, you know, there's, like, the joke about him watching porn on the show with the anemone, yeah, I know. But like you know, he's still just a he's a he has he has a job that like kind of sucks, but he doesn't really care. He's just happy, and that's kind of like weirdly aspirational for a lot of people in our generation. Because then you have like other characters in the show, like Squidward, who's just a complete cynic, and then you know Patrick, who's kind of a dumbass, and then Mr. Krabs, who's just like greedy, and so it's just like for me, it's just kind of like it kind of gives you like kind of like a picture into adulthood as a child but also what it can be based on like which character and uh i was absolutely about to agree with you on that i think it, won't, it kind of reminded me of that meme where like it it was kind of the realization where like you know when you were a kid you kind of related more to spongebob and being optimistic and then as you grow into an adult you start to relate more and more with Swidward and spongebob less Okay, 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 trim your, okay, trim your beard, Trotsky, let's, you know. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Humanitarian Podcast, the only podcast where your two hosts are two humanitarian workers from the South. Uh, we're living far from home, exploring the differences in our regionality, culture, and across the world. I'm Sam, and I'm joined by Prey. Prey, how's it going, yeah, man? How's it going, Sam? Dude, I'm good, man, you know. Dude, I'm good, man, you know, just uh, after a long, hard day of working, you know, fighting a good fight, being being badass humanitarians that we are, we're uh, out here recording our little podcast. Yeah, you know, it's like days like the day where I feel like Squidward... I was Spongebob. <laughs> Man, why do you feel like Spongebob, bro? Because just... Alright, it was one of those things where, like, you're just kind of done with dealing with people for a little bit. And it's just like, you know, you've been in the restaurant industry. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Where you're just that mentally exhausted. Again, I, I love what I do, but there are just times where you, you, know, you get tired of, like, dealing the same thing. Or you just get tired of like dealing with people. Everyone has that moment where it's just like, hold up, I need to recharge. I mean, yeah, I love ice cream, and I don't, I can't have it all the time. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like that, you know? I mean, yeah, I love humanitarian work, but bro, this shit's exhausting sometimes. It is, mm-hmm. but again, like, you know, we were just talking earlier about like SpongeBob, and, so, and I think, um, yeah, we, where we left off was more of like talking about. How, well, at least I was talking about like how 
as a new kid, you always kind of, you know, relate more with SpongeBob because he's such like optimist. He's basically like a, the adult version of a big kid, and like of course you can't deny Patrick also being huge involvement in that. But you always kind of resent Squidward for being just such a grouch. But then you realize as you grew older that like, you know, Squidward kind of had a point. This shit sucks. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like, I don't know. A lot of the time, for me, a lot of the stuff where, like, my life, a lot of points in my life where it just kind of sucked was, like, like, a lot of those problems were kind of of my own making. You know what I mean? I that I'm speaking for myself here, but, like, for for this kind of show, like, I remember. I mean, most of Schoolwork's life decisions was kind of on his own, like. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you chose to work at the Krusty Krab, okay? You could have moved away from Bikini Bottom. We know there are other places, and you're just going to kind of sit here and wallow in your own misery. It's kind of like, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, I fi- and that, like, oh, realizing, like, Squidward makes more It's like, it's kind of like, to me, that kind of reminds me of, like, those, like, you know those, like, dumb old Facebook memes? They were, like... You know, as a kid, you grow up, you idolize Batman. But then, and you're an adult, you realize the Joker makes more sense. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like, it's a little cringy, like, you know what I mean? It is, but it's all, it does have its points. I feel like, especially with uh, SpongeBob, it's just more of the dynamic of the characters. It's just so quotable it, and how it's personified. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Like, like, and, like, the, the characterization is done, done really, really well, well, like... That's just because we don't have good points, points. but, you know, you know like, or that, like, the character doesn't have any value, because he does. does. You know, it just, just to me, feels like... It's just, like, a nice little take, because, like, you, there's, like, a whimsical side to how you can view life like SpongeBob, where, you know, mm-hmm. you can, like, you can take pride and joy in your work. It doesn't matter, like, what you do. You can be a fry cook, but as long as, like, that makes you happy, life is what you make of it. And with Squidward, you know, that's not what makes him happy. You know, what makes him happy is, like, playing his shitty clarinet. Like, that makes him happy. That, it kind of shows, like, there's ways to make yourself happy. Mr. Krabs, money, mm-hmm. Plankton, stealing formulas, and plowing his, like, robotic wife. Yeah, how does, does Plankton have a dick, like? I mean, he's got an antenna. <laughs> Where does he put, like, is there a USB port? But my thing is, like, you know how a starfish can regenerate? Yeah. So if you were to cut, like, Patrick in half, would that make two Patricks? No. I don't think so. I mean, but uh, just think about that. If you were to make two Patricks off that, would it be half as smart or half as dumb? I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist, dog. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mind my, you know, I'm mind my damn P's and Q's on that one, bro. But let me tell you. But let me. So let me ask you something like else. Like so, at our at our work, we have like our clients, man, and they will like, and our clients can just be like they remind me. Sometimes they remind me so much of the customers on SpongeBob. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, it's just like tall orders, and you're just like, so you know what, Bulbass yeah. comes in. And- we serve food here, sir. It's like let me get a quarter pound fish with cheese and make it swim. It's like. What? No, I was like, I was literally on the phone yesterday. I had to like pinch hit as an interpreter, basically. I subbed in as an interpreter yesterday, and I had the client literally tell me that I was bad at my job. 
I mean, you do get that too sometimes, but like... It's so funny, though. Like, I'm just like... Lady, or, or I'm just like, dude, you know, you can't just say these things to... Like, you can't, like... Like, and I'm not bemoaning it. I get, like... I get, like, people have, like, their own, like, sort of, you know... I mean, they're... Yeah, we're working with humanitarian immigrants. They, they've kind of been through some shit. So I'm, like, always... I'm always going to kind of give them a, a bit of a pass on that kind of stuff. But, like, it's at a certain point, it's like, bro, I'm trying to help you here. Yeah. At, at a certain point, you always feel like they're getting to well, They're trying to see how much they can, like, get from you. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, there, there are people, this is not, like, always the case, but you know how some people, like, if you, you know, generous goods you give out, people start taking it, but like, you always have, like, the bad actors that will try to see how far they can push, mm-hmm. like, getting a free meal. So it, of course, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, if you need a free meal, like, that in of itself is not, like, anything to, like, put down upon a person. But it's just, like, you know, there are others, too. So let's focus on them as well. You know, we're all, like, we're all in this together. You can't be taking more than you need. But Yeah, and this is where, like, I'm able to kind of, especially like interactions like that with clients i'm able to kind of pull out a little bit of gratitude for my uh my southern my southernness if you will because uh like like the way my mama taught me like the way my grandma taught me like about manners and stuff you know what i mean like as like because like for me i will i will never ever like or like if i meet if i meet a woman your name you're ma'am like it's not an insult but you're, I'm going to refer to you as ma'am. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, I think that's part of like the Southern hospitality etiquette that we uh, really yeah. couldn't get away from. Like, all my Southerners know that you instinctively say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, mm. to any person that's like, appears to be older than you. It's just a reflex. And it's just like, oh, even earlier today when we were holding doors for people. Uh, like, there's been times where, like, I see someone walking down, and I would just hold the door and wait, like, a minute for them to come out. And it's just that awkward moment of them, like, realizing, oh, you're holding the door for me. Let me speed walk it. And they're just rushing out. But in the South, you know, that's kind of what you try to do, and they still say thank you. But up here, they're like, the fuck? Like, get away from me, creep. Like, what? It's like, I'm just trying to... No, this is manners, like, you know, and like, uh, so yeah, like, and like, I think as a humanitarian worker, like, those sort of manners, those sort of manners can kind of cross over into like, being, I guess, culturally sensitive in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, if you're, um, like, like, there are a lot of things like that Southern culture has in common with other cultures, and like, the fact that we put such an emphasis on manners in the South makes me, like, kind of grateful for that. Like, for example, like, uh, there's a custom I know in Middle Eastern culture where if you're going to a new place for the first time, you have to bring a gift. It has to be something. We do that in the South, too, you know? I feel that it's also, I feel that's, like, you know, across a lot of other cultures, too, because, like, you know, that's, like, a housewarming gift. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you always... I think it's being respective to, like, the host, like, you're 
someone brought brought them and he brought you into their home, you know, their you know, etiquette dictates, you know, they're gonna feed and clothe you and all that. So the least you can do is provide something of like a value, you know. It's not like you basically you kinda of saying like, Thank you so much. I know like what you're doing to me is disproportional to this gift, but I still wanted to at least get get you something nice. Yeah, it shows like you know, it shows a little humility, it shows a little you know, gratitude, a little, and you know you're just you're respecting someone for providing a service for you, and uh, I feel like you don't really get that in any other any other place in the country. You know yeah. what I mean? But also like you know, what kind of ties in with like southern manners is also like southern etiquette. Mm -hmm. But you know, I always kind of have like a bad feel about like when it comes to like, using both those because like. Anytime I hear Southern manners and etiquette, I'm always thinking antebellum South, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, not not the best like avenue why we have it, but mm -hmm. you know, but manners and like etiquette are two different things. Like you know, manners like Southern manners like you know you dictate you bring a host or hostess a gift when you're invited to their home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, etiquette is like you use a certain type of fork. For yeah. your salads, um, you don't put your elbows on the table. Mm, well, that I would say that's more manners than anything. You know, I, said, like, I feel that's more etiquette because, like, it's not proper to put your elbows like on, on the table. But like manners is more of like you know you're not you're showing respect. I get you. I guess like etiquette's more. I guess formalized and it ha it's like very specific and localized where manners you take with you how's that yeah. so but for me like I like I if I'm eating if I'm at the if I've at someone's dinner table you best believe I'm not putting my my damn elbows on that table you better believe I'm putting that napkin in the lap you better believe if I'm with my if I'm with my lady friend and pulling out her chair for her you better believe it, man. My yeah, honestly, that's actually one of the examples they have. I was looking through like Southern manner, like manners in their list, mm -hmm. and etiquette. The napkin on the lap—that's etiquette. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just—you're supposed, supposed to do that. Also, uh, don't forget, <laughs> it says, "Don't gossip unless you begin with pray for her or him or <laughs> bless her or him's heart." That's their heart, I tell you that. But for me, <laughs> so for me. For me, I'm just saying, like, you know, but I will say this, like, I grew up around, uh, I grew up with, uh, with my mama. My mama worked, uh, my grandma worked, and they, you know, kind of taught me of, like, and maybe this is, like, a little, I don't know, for me, it's, like, there's a right way to treat a woman, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a wrong way to treat a woman. And, like, my mama taught me, you know, if you're, if you're a man and you're out at night with a woman, you are... You know, you're walking, you're you're walking closer to the street than she is. You know, like you walk a woman to her car at night if it's at night in the city. You know, or anywhere really. You know, it's just like I feel like there are these ideas of like I feel like the idea of being a gentleman is something we should kind of or not something we should as like a society. I'm just saying it's something like that I personally try to strive for, and that to me that means just you know. Like, I mean, it does sound kind of like, you know, very kind of generic, like, masculine traits. But it's also, like, you know, you can also use that a lot for, like, equality. Because, like, you know, my mom always taught me how to treat, treat a woman, like, 
and like my dad always taught me how to treat other men, mm -hmm. but it's also just like both those have connotate the same way. Mm -hmm. In which case, like for me, it always goes through. Like I always do, like I always go out of my way to always be friendly to people, mm -hmm. make sure that they're treated right. Uh, even like when I drop off people at their house or their car, I always make sure they're in and either inside their home or they get on the car and they're able to go home. Just as like, no, closure for me. Just to know that they actually made it. They're safe. You know, it. it can, the only reason I said it is because like it sounded very like you know, the man being protective, and just kind of like, you know, protecting the pack or protecting like people. Well, I think for me it kind of you know, for me it's like you know women are women are obviously people and there's a right way to treat people. How's that? So. You know that that's the best best way we can boil boil it down to. And it's uh this and this is more cultural than anything. It's not to say, like, you know, or, you know, like did you hear about you know last night in Louisiana or yesterday in Louisiana in Louisiana, uh, a judge blocked a bill basically saying that abortion is legal in Louisiana. But I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a little too far off topic from where we are. You know what I mean? Because as a, you know, I think I've talked about this before. I, you know, obviously. This is a pro-choice podcast, but I don't think we need to really delve that far into it if we're on the topic of manners, you know? I mean, proper manner and etiquette dictates that you should let the lady decide. Exactly. <laughs> a, true southern, a true Southern gentleman lets a woman have her choice. Exactly. Y'all means all. Say it loud and say it proud. Y'all means all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I'm just saying, you know, that's for, for me. It's like, yeah, that was a good. Uh, we kind of, we kind of wrapped. We kind of got there. We got there. Yeah, I was about to say, like, just to bleed back and do a U-turn. Mm -hmm. I just thought about this when we were talking about SpongeBob. <laughs> How accurate is Sandy Cheeks when it comes to being a Texan? Let's, right. let's 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 discuss that for a little bit. Oh, oh, how how? Okay, so Sandy, so. For the for the for our listeners out there, I used to live in Texas for I lived in Texas for three years, and um, can you confidently call yourself somewhat of a Texan or? I mean, I'm registered to vote there, so Texas Green Party going all the way. So you know my vote counts. <laughs> but yeah, so for Sandy, it's kind of like I don't know. It's a it's a stereotype in the sen in the sense of the word. It's like, yeah, it's just kind of what a Texan is like, you know. But I don't know. I've never met any like anthropomorphic talking squirrels in my day, so I can't really say if uh, can't really speak to her accuracy as a character. Home, Texas. I wanna go home. But yeah, no, like, um, I don't know, man. Barbecues and pecan pies. When I'm so far from you, Texas, all I can do is cry. What am I? Uh, Stupid. No, I'm natural. What's the difference? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, back, but yeah, so yeah, we pulled that U-turn. But you know something, Sandy always had, like, she had good manners, you know? She was very hospitable to SpongeBob and Patrick, you know? She gave them every chance. What? So where'd you learn your manners? That's what I'm, that's what I want Honestly, to Honestly, it's kind of like a mix. 
Because the way I would describe it out, my upbringing, upbringing was kind of um, unique, so to say. Like, it wasn't, like, for most, like, immigrant families, they just kind of, like, have their immediate family and, like, a couple of, like, outside friends. But for me, like, my family was already kind of, like, mixed in. Because my aunt basically, like, is a white woman from New York. Um, so basically from her, like, I, she moved down to the south. Uh, before I was even born. Um, her family lived down there. So, essentially... Yeah, I basically kind of picked up on it. And it's kind of like... It's, it kind of shows how, like, deep, deeply ingrained, like, manners and etiquette and how important they are in, like, the South. Because you, you'll see a lot of people, like, they may not follow all the rules of, like, you know, put a napkin on your lap, no elbows on the table, apparently. <laughs> but the whole... You know, you would still, like, hold the door for people, you know, still say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, like, to an elder, you know. There's little things that you still show respect towards people, and it's just, like, like, again, back in my neighborhood, like, you would say hi to, hi to your neighbors. Yeah, you know, they don't do that here. Like, you're not supposed to say, like, you don't. Like it's like taboo to say to say hello to someone on the street. I told you about that jogger one time. Like, like just like I was like, hey, good job. Like, keep going, keep it up. She just goes, fuck, creep. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, I mean, just like I'm just trying to give you some encouragement. Yeah. Like, ain't, ain't trying to be creepy or anything. It's just, it's just how we are in the south. We just try to be as nice as possible. It comes exactly. off as creepy, like to people, like, we go up, like. Because honestly, I do have like some moments where like people from the deep south, like mm-hmm. all the way down from Georgia mm-hmm. or Alabama, <laughs> they be doing some shit that I'm just like, like that. I, I get southern hospitality, but like that's just being too hospicious. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like a whole get out situation. Granted, there were basically white blondes with a pound of makeup on, so you're already kind of just like trapped also it was kind of a you know how people have trophy rooms and shit yeah sure basically i was just in a trophy room out in the countryside far away from like another city yeah i've been in those situations those are but as a person yeah i was about to say like yeah but when you're a brown person and like the only outlier in an otherwise homogenous shade Mm -hmm. but no here's my thing these people literally had a trophy room and they had like elephant heads and lion heads. They literally went to Africa to trophy hunt. That's disgusting. Yeah. So like that in itself, like I can handle a buck or two like deer heads like yeah. on the walls. So that that that's like all right. I I know a bunch of redneck friends. Mm-hmm. I know where to lie down down out in the country with like got have a little bit of dip. Oh yeah, I mean like. I don't, I don't, I don't really hunt, like, or I never really hunt it, but like, I get it. But like, if you're leaving the country to go hunt, first of all, you ain't no. And to bring back like the head of that animal. Yeah, that's gross, man. Like, but again, it it very much was an intimidating environment for me. I mean, I guess if that's their, if that's the purpose of it. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. Anyway, we got we got ad copy to read. Time for. Fake ads. 
Today's episode is, of course, brought to you by Viacom. Viacom, because we'll allow you to use anything of ours for free. It was brought to you by Disney. Disney, we own your childhood. This episode is brought to you by the film Minions, The Rise of Gru. This episode is brought to you by Yahoo. We still exist for some reason. This episode is brought to you by Alexa. Good listener. This episode is brought to you by Siri. Siri, I didn't quite catch that. Can you say that again? This episode is brought to you by Trojan Brand Condoms. <clears throat> because when you think of condoms, you want to think of ancient Greece. As I was about to say, when you think about condoms, you don't want to think about the horse that penetrated just to. <laughs> like the false flag. <laughs> when you think condoms, think horses. This episode is brought to you by the Waffle House. Waffle House. If we're closed, you know it's bad. Of course. Today's episode <clears throat> is brought to you by the U.S. State Department. We exist. And, of course, today's episode is brought to you by Microsoft Bing. Why? I think we're about out of time, so thanks for listening. Remember to please uh, like, subscribe, share around to your friends, uh, comment some topics you want us to talk about in future videos. Y'all be good, you hear?